You'll see uh, on the screen my Friday morning devotion, the way my Friday morning devotion began. I opened my utmost for his highest by Oswald Chambers, and on July the 1st, uh, the first sentence was, there is no heaven with just a little corner of hell in it. And of course, from that point forward, the devotion was about examining our own lives, looking at our own life to see if, in fact, we're trying to get in. We intend to go to heaven, all the while reserving just a little corner of hell somewhere in our own life. So I had to ask myself as I looked at that, am I satisfied with that? Will the Lord accept that? And tonight I want you to think about that statement. I want you to evaluate your life against it. Is there some little corner of hell in your life? So to help you see the possibility that this could be true in your life, I invite you to see the reality of this in the lives of several people in the Bible. I also want you to see what the Bible says about those who have just a little corner of hell in their life. And there is a connection from the Old Testament to the New, and we'll be looking at that. As we remember that, remember what Oswald Chambers said, there is no heaven with just a little corner of hell in it. So first we want to consider Achan and the little corner of hell in his life. Perhaps you remember his story. He's found in the book of Joshua in chapter 7. He is a man who uh, survived the wilderness. Uh, he was younger than 40 when the spies went in and brought back a, a bad report of the land that God said was good. The older generation died in the wilderness but it was his part, it was his privilege, it was his opportunity to go into the land that flowed with milk and honey. Not only did his feet cross the Red Sea on dry ground, but those same feet crossed the Jordan River on dry ground. He watched with his own eyes the walls of Jericho come tumbling down according to God's promise. And Achan was part of that first victorious march. Each one of those moments, as you think about it, they spent 40 years in the wilderness, but he survived the wilderness, came through the Red Sea, came across the Jordan, watched the walls fall. God was at work. But you might remember that before they entered Jericho, Joshua issued this warning. He said in chapter 6, verses 17 and 18, and the city shall be under the ban and all that is in it belongs to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot and all who are with her in her house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But as for you, only keep yourselves from the things under the ban so that you would make the camp of Israel accursed and bring trouble on it. And it's that last part that should be our concern as we consider uh, this about our lives. What can God do in the midst of a group of people or when there is one or more individuals who is harboring just a little corner of hell in their life? And of course, they went in, the walls of Jericho came tumbling down, and after the city was destroyed, there were things that glittered in Jericho. There were gold cups and gold trinkets and gold images that the people of Jericho 
worship, but all of those things were to be destroyed along with the city. None of that was to cling to God's people or to be the focus of their desire. But one man, this man Achan, found some of that loot irresistible. He took a little bit of it, and the Bible tells us that he, he buried just a, a little of it, just a little of it. He buried just a little of it in his tent, and no one knew it but him. Now, God warned them years before in their wandering in the wilderness. This is Deuteronomy 23, 14, and, and it's one of those verses that ought to be the theme of, of, of every church, of every believer's life. Since the Lord your God walks in the midst of your camp to deliver you and to defeat your enemies before you, your camp must be holy. He must not see anything indecent among you. There must not be one little corner of hell in your life, lest, and of course I added that to the scripture, but you know what it means, lest he turn his face away from you. No little corner of hell must exist in your house or in your heart, for if God sees it, he'll turn his face away from you, he'll not deliver you. And so you see the story here about Achan, you know the story, it's a familiar Old Testament passage of scripture, Achan took a little corner of hell into his life, hid it, harbored it, sanctified it as holy in his heart, more holy, more holy, more important. He had more passion about it, more interest in it than in God's purpose and in God's person. So what did God do? Well, as he promised, when they went to fight the next battle, though it was small, much smaller than Jericho, they were defeated. Uh, God wasn't with them. God didn't deliver them in that moment. And in chapter 7 of Joshua, verse 1, here's the reason why. It says, But the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully in regard to the things under the ban. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah from the tribe of Judah, took some of the things under the ban. Therefore, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel. Think about that. It, you, you, you remember some time ago, we, we, and we mentioned it over and over, I have about the rock the, that you throw in the pond. When the rock hits the pond, if it hits the middle of the pond, the ripples only go in one direction. No, they don't. They go out in every direction, but they only go about this far. No, they don't. No matter how big that pond is, those ripples go all the way across that pond. It affects the whole thing. And so it is when sin enters our life, just, just a little corner of hell in my life, not only does it affect my life, it affects my family, it affects my church, it, it affects the purpose of God when there's a little corner of hell in my life. It has a far greater impact on the people of God than we care to admit. So finally, it was found out why the battle was lost, and Achan was brought to confess in chapter 7, verse 20 and 21. So Achan answered Joshua and said, Truly, I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel, and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful mantle from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold, 50 shekels in weight, then I coveted them 
and took them, and behold, they are concealed in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath. Just a little corner of hell that Achan hid in his heart and in his tent. And you know, if you know the rest of the story, uh, and it's a sad story, Achan and his entire family were destroyed. He never knew that just a little corner of hell would do such damage to himself, to his family, or to the future of God's people. That's where I started my Friday morning. Oswald Chambers didn't say all this. The Lord said all this to me. There is no heaven with just a little corner of hell in it. There is no blessing from God upon a life that harbors just a little corner of hell in it. Now, Achan is not the only example. Now we'll look at Judas and the little corner of hell that was in his life. Apparently, Judas loved the sound of the jingle of that little corner of hell in the box of money he carried around that supported the ministry of Jesus. I don't know if you remembered or not, but in the 12th chapter of John, verses 5 and 6, there was a woman who came to, uh, to Jesus and she broke this expensive jar of perfume and anointed Jesus with it, and Judas was upset about it. He resented it as a waste, and he said in John 12, verses 5 and 6, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to poor people? Now he said this not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief, and as he had the money box, he used to pilfer what was in it. Ah, oh, the Lord doesn't need that 50 cents. I'll put it in my, that $3, I'll put it in, that, that handful, I'll put that in my pocket. That was Judas. I don't know if you remember that about Judas. Apparently it was only later that anyone other than Jesus knew that Judas had a little corner of hell in his heart. Jesus knew what he was thinking whenever he heard those coins jingle. He thought nobody knew he was taking out of the offering box, but, but Jesus knew. Jesus also knew that his love for money, that little corner of hell that he harbored in his heart, would prompt him to, for 33 pieces of silver, betray his Lord. And you know the story. Let me read you this. It's not on the screen from John 13. So when he had dipped the morsel, he took and gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Does it bother you, by the way? When we read about Achan, as I was reading it, I noticed his family was mentioned, you know, it's a connection to his family. How do you think Judas' family felt about this when it was all said and done? Maybe they were quite proud of the fact that their son was a disciple of the Lord Jesus. Or maybe not. I don't know. But Daddy's mentioned in this story. He's the son of somebody who had a little corner of hell in his heart. After the morsel, Satan then entered him. Jesus therefore said to him, What you do, do quickly. Now one of those reclining at the table knew for what purpose he had said. No one knew for what purpose he had said this to him, for some were supposing because Judas had the money box that Jesus was saying to him, buy the things that we have need of for the feast or else that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel, he went out immediately and it was night. Do you see the danger of harboring just a little corner of hell 
in your heart. And you know, this is the same Judas, by the way, who later would betray Jesus with a kiss and then went out and hanged himself, regretting the awful thing that he'd done. There is no heaven with a little corner of hell in it, and there is no life that is pleasing to God or useful to God that harbors or hides just a little corner of hell in it. Now, you say, Brother Eddie, you took that statement of Oswald Chambers and, and you packed it a little too full now. You, maybe he didn't mean all that or maybe, uh, well, let's see if we're going too far. So we talked about Achan and we talked about Judas. And then we come over to the fifth chapter of Acts and we meet this couple in the church called Ananias and Sapphira. And apparently Ananias and Sapphira had a little corner of hell in their heart. You know the story of how God was working in their church. He was working mightily. This is shortly after Pentecost. Great things were happening. God was moving. People were being saved. And, and, and God was moving in the heart of the church so much so that some of the people there felt that they ought to sell some of their property and, 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 and give the price of it to the disciples for, for the needs that, that were, were in the church. And so Ananias and Sapphira, of their own free will, uh, decided to do the same thing and pledged the money uh, to the Lord. And, and so when everybody else came to give theirs and uh, laid down the full price at the feet of the apostles, in comes Ananias and Sapphira. Maybe they didn't come in exactly together at that time. And Ananias lays it down uh, as if it were all, but he kept back a little part of that. He said, you know, I'd, I, maybe I need to hold on to this little bit that I was going to give to God, that I, that I promised the Holy Spirit I would give. Maybe I need to cling to this. So he, he clung to it as, a, as, a, as something precious, something sanctified, something more holy than the commitment that he made to God. And I'm sure you know the story of what happened. The Bible says in, chapter, in Acts chapter 5, verses 3 through 6, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price? While it remained your own, while it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You've not lied to men but to God. And as he heard these words, Ananias fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came over all who heard it. The young men got up, covered him up, and carried him out. They buried him. And you know, a little bit later... Sapphira, his wife, comes in. Uh, they had agreed together, uh, conceived this deed together. Why? Nobody knows, but God knew. And so Peter come, she comes in. Peter quizzes her, and she finds out that her husband has died, and she falls dead right there. Why? Because they harbored a little corner of hell in their heart, and God would not permit them to remain in his church because it risks the purpose of God. It risks the people of God. The ripple effects of that would have hindered the work of God in the community and in the church 
And when I harbor a little corner of hell in my life, or you harbor a little corner of hell in your life, it has a greater impact than we can imagine. And only in eternity will the Lord say, you know that little, har- little corner of hell that you harbored in your heart? I want you to see what I was not able to do in your church because you allowed that to be in your life. Well, there are two other occasions where this is addressed in Scripture. You might find it rather unusual. Once is in the book of Galatians. You know, uh, you know the expression in the Bible, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's not, it's never used in a good way in Paul's writings. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. You put a little yeast in dough, and what happens? It spreads through the whole thing. It infects, infests the whole thing. And it's the same way. A little corner of hell harbored in your heart will infect everything in your life, everyone around you. Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verses 7 through 10, in this occasion he's talking about false doctrine. He said, You were running well who hindered you from obeying the truth. This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view, but the one disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. In other words, somebody in that church in Galatia was harbored a little corner of hell in their heart related to false doctrine, and Paul said, it's not doing anybody any good, and the judgment of God is going to fall on that person. Now, you think about that. We, we've talked about how Uh, harboring a little corner of hell in our heart impacts the future of the ministry of the church, impacts what the Holy Spirit can do in the church, through the church. But we never have wondered about what it might do to us, the impact it might have on us personally. And so the second time Paul mentions this, it's to the church at Corinth in chapter 1, chapter uh, 5, I'm sorry, verses 5 through 7. Apparently there was somebody in the church there at Corinth who harbored a little corner of hell in their life who was so involved with the devil that Paul said, I have decided to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? Just a little corner of hell in somebody's life, in the church, impacts the whole church. Look at verse 7. Paul said, clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump just as in fact you are unleavened. He goes on to say, remove the wicked man from among you. That's a pretty severe, isn't it not? Paul's saying the same thing the Lord said back in the book of Joshua. Since the Lord your God walks in the midst of your camp to deliver you and to defeat your enemies before you, your camp must be holy and he must not see anything indecent among you lest he turn his face away from you. And what happens when God turns his face away from us? 
Battles that might have been won are lost. Souls that might have been saved are not saved. Victories that might have been won in the church, advances that might have been made for the kingdom of God are not made. God's people stumble, they fall. And the Lord said to Joshua after that defeat, he said, why have you fallen on your face? Joshua was face down before the Lord and he said why have you fallen on your face first why have you fallen on your face before me second why have you fallen on your face in defeat and it was because he said Israel has sinned there's a little corner of hell in somebody's heart that's the way we'll end it tonight I'll let you think about it we won't sing another song and have an invitation we'll just let you think about what's going on in your life what needs to go on in your life, what God might be able to do in and through his church, in this church, if I would adjust my life to God and say, God, I don't want anything in me to hinder what you want to do. Let's pray.